Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's episode, ladies, you're going to be in for a real delight here. We have Mercedes Torres. She has built a real estate empire, education from investing and buying holds. And just, I think she's done what, 2000 transactions or something yeah. crazy high. She's just a rock star. And she, we get into so many neat um, angles here with this, this particular interview. And I think what you'll really appreciate a lot is she goes into some really nice detail around her experience with creative financing. And that is a big, big thing to do right now with everything happening. So, so stay tuned and, and get into this episode. And she gives some nice examples of how she set herself up for success with very little money and very little um, credit. And another thing that she talks about, we always heard about the good things that happen in our business, right? On this <laughs> one, she's going to talk about something that did not go so well. And the lesson that she learned from it is basically not putting all your eggs into one only team member, right? <laughs> we talk about diversifying real estate, but how can we diversify our team members as well? And I think that that's, that was such a great, you know, golden nugget there for you guys. So check it out, her story, and let us know what you think. Enjoy. Interest rates are sky high in 2023, and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8, 9, or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with Rent to Retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high cash flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Welcome back, ladies. This is the Real Estate Investor Show. My name is Liz. And I am Andresta. Excited to be back with all of you amazing women. We have Mercedes on our show this, this lovely day. Thank you so much for being on our show. We've been trying to get her on our show for quite some time. So thank you for making the time to be with us. Absolutely. My pleasure, ladies. A pleasure yeah. to be here. She's got an absolutely phenomenal experience and background in doing some just just amazing things. So we're excited to jump into her story and kind of her to share some, some of her path with us and all the good stuff going on there. Uh, before we get, get going there, we always like to get connected to all of you amazing women that listen to our show that are fans of our show. We so appreciate you and, and just appreciate you being on this journey with all of us on creating a financially free and balanced life. That is our mission. That is what we stand for. And that's what we stand for ourselves. And that's where we stand for all women globally to achieve. So that is what we're up to. It's a big mission. <laughs> so, but it fuels us to just keep getting great content, content to all of you and all the things that we're up to uh, behind the scenes. So uh, before we get into Mercedes' story, Andressa, we always like to kind of get connected to our audience and just maybe share a quick tip, quick something that's coming up for us, right? So what is, what is coming up for you? What, what do, would you like to share on this lovely day? Well, another day I got this question. 
So how are you feeling, <laughs> right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. So I thought about it. What should I say? I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> But then, of course, we all shared those quick answers. And that got me thinking about what, I, what I'm really feeling, right? And for those that heard me before, I am very like straightforward and, and go boom, boom, boom. Not too much about feeling. I'm more about, okay, let's get the solution over here. That let's brainstorm the next steps. But I took a pause and I said, okay, what am I feeling? And I started writing down my feelings. And there are many feelings, right? <laughs> I go from rage about this craziness thing to hope because I see things moving better to sadness that I am like, I miss the cherry blossoms outside. How come <laughs> in the just last two weeks, <laughs> they're gone, right? Yeah. I, I am like furious and then faithful and grateful feeling guilty because sometimes I really appreciate the time that I have right now, you know, to spend with my son and being with him. So I feel like, Oh my gosh, how can I be grateful of this craziness that's going on? So all of those feelings. And I think that here's the reason why I'm talking to you about that because sometimes we have this uh, concept about, okay, I need to be positive. I need to be positive. I need to be, you know, hopeful, faithful, whatever that is, 100% of the time. And I think that we press down all the other feelings that we are feeling. So we suppress it. We, I'm not telling you to be an egg bomb. Absolutely not. But I think that we all should be aware. And I was like, yeah, I am sad today. I am overwhelmed today. No, I am not happy today. I am really pissed off today right and yeah. then that feeling will pass through you you digest it and let that go but i think that sometimes we we block it and the more that we block it's like stuck there and it you know it carry over so just be mindful of how you're feeling and they're all legit feelings right all legit you don't need to feel there's no wrong or right here But I just want you to be okay feeling the way that you were feeling in several ways during the same day, right? Sometimes it's all over the place. Yeah. But just acknowledge and be aware of it and move forward. It's funny you say that. I just, I just watched Inside Out with my son and daughter. Uh, it's a Disney movie, I think, or I don't know really who, who produced yeah, it. But I think it's, it's Pixar. All, Pixar, okay. So it's all about the feelings, right? And, um, and we had this long conversation about feelings. And as I'm telling my son, I'm like, it's okay to be angry. You just don't want to stay there a long time, but you want to express it, move through it. And as I'm saying this to him, I'm like, I need to take my own, um, you know, suggestions, right? So great suggestion on Jessa, like be, be clear of it. And then, you know, I love that movie too, because it's like the, the characters are cute and, you know, but so anyway, <laughs> yeah, they're so cute. Well, further ado, Mercedes, thank you again so much for being on our show. And uh, you have such a, uh, an amazing kind of background and doing so many neat things. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate investing and what inspired you to get involved in real estate investing. Wow, that is a loaded question. <laughs> well, I have to say that one of the reasons I got started is because my goal in life and my mission is very similar to yours. Um, financial freedom. Um, I was working in the mortgage industry and mm. I was working for somebody, but I started at the bottom. I was a docker. I drew docs. I was a funder. I would fund loans. Um, I started at the very bottom, but what I was doing was I was helping somebody else fulfill their dreams because I was doing mortgages or closing on mortgages. Um, for teachers and babysitters. I started in the subprime market. Wow. So everybody and their mother would qualify for a loan. <laughs> and all you needed to do was breathe and you got a loan. And what was amazing was I would do the, you know, I would underwrite the loan, I would dock it, whatever. And then like six months later, that same family would come through my desk again in form of a loan and they had cashed out on their previous home, the one that I just did three months before, and then they were using that money to buy another home. And then after about 
very short time, like six months, I was like, why do I keep seeing the same names come across my desk? And it dawned on me after I got to really understand what they were doing, they were pulling money from their primary residence and they were buying another one. And then they were upgrading and kind of working the system. Now, it took me a little bit to figure it out, but I mean, I was making $30,000 a year at that time. I just aged myself, right? But I saw that these people were cashing out $30,000. What I was making in a year, they were making in one transaction. So I kind of started to see, wait a minute, there's hope because I came, I grew up from a family of four. We were relatively poor and there was no, you just go to school, you get good grades and you find a good job. But with that good job, there was always a ceiling and I didn't want the ceiling. I wanted to surpass that, but I didn't know how. And it just so happened, I was doing mortgages in 2006, 2007. Well, the crash of the market happened, mortgage banking, uh, happened in 2007, 2008. So I was lucky enough to be in a position where I was saving my little pennies. And when the market went upside down, I saw the opportunity to be able to purchase those short sales that I had been doing the loans on for years. These houses were now being sold for 50 cents on the dollar because of the mortgage crash. So I jumped in, I mean, started fixing and flipping, and that's where I started my career. Now, I had been doing that because I was working for the bank already, but I was doing it on a very small scale. And then when the mortgage industry just crashed, I had access to all of the brokers, all of the agents, all of the people in the mortgage industry that really got affected. And at that time, I was a W-2 employee. I had a little bit of a, you know, little nest, if you will. And I started fixing and flipping with that. And uh, I remember my very first flip, I made $83,000 when I was only making $30,000 a year. That's awesome. So uh, I was very lucky that um, I saw the writing on the wall only because I was working for the bank. I saw that the mortgage industry cash, excuse me, the mortgage industry crash created an opportunity. And I was positioned in such a place where I took advantage of the opportunity. And that's what I say about today's world. We are in the midst of a pandemic. This is an opportunity, ladies. Well, and that's, that's exactly where I was going, right? So we are in the middle of a pandemic and of course, our heart goes to every single person that lost a loved one or are right now going through a financial challenge that's, um, that's you know, out there. On the other side, do you believe that we are going to find a similar situation in the market uh, that happened in 08? I do. I truly believe this is an opportunity. So I'm really big on studying trends. Um, And just with everything in life, there are cycles. There's an up and down, the stock market. There's up and downs with, with everything. And if you study what the market has done, every eight to 10 years, there's kind of a dip. And we haven't had a change since the last mortgage industry crisis in Mm -hmm. 2008. We are now 2020. It's been the longest time ever that there hasn't been a, a drastic change. I think this is it. And something to say about that, I mean, real estate, think about it. The only businesses that are right now allowed to function in most of America are essentials. Real estate, a roof over your head is an essential. So, you know, there's talk about, you know, the mortgage moratoriums and there's talk about all of the opportunities for those people that are seriously affected by this crisis. But having said that, with this crisis, there have been layoffs, there has been, um, you know, full on, um, what do you call those? Uh, Not forbearances, but, when they laid you off of work, what's that word? Um, furloughs. Furloughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all of that is creating a financial crisis for families. And it's going to be to a point where they're not going to be able to continue to pay their mortgage payment if there's no uh, forbearances from banks or deferments from bank. 
And eventually people are going to have to downsize. And so my thought process and just in statistics in our, in our country, there are more rentals out there. There are more people renting that there are people that actually own and in this crisis could afford to own. So if someone is gonna rent, why wouldn't they rent from you? And this is something that I kind of always talk about when I, um, when I teach uh, real estate, um, is when you buy, buy right. Because if you have to drop your mortgage payment or you know, drop your rent, at least you can drop your rent to cover the mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. There is no financial crisis for you in that aspect. So in terms of analyzing the market, um, I think that that's, that's a great um, strategy. Uh, we, did, we used the MLS to compare, you know, 08, we were analyzing a project and we wanted to see how did that market, specifically market, got affected in 08. So we compared um, the, the curve and everything. Besides the MLS, do you have any other tools that you are using right now to make those comparisons? Yes and yes. <laughs> so everything that I buy is from private pocket listings and it is direct to seller. I do a lot of seller marketing and we market to uh, you know, non-owner occupied properties. Um, I market to individuals that are absentee owners. I market to probate people. So having said that, because I buy from investor to investor or from investor, customer to investor, I don't necessarily have to depend on the MLS, but I do depend on it just to get a ballpark idea of what the value is. I'm really big on creative financing. So you have to remember that whenever there is a sale of a property, it's between a buyer and a seller. So long as the buyer and seller agree on everything, the sales price, the purchase price, the, the anything, it's between two people. And yes, you can use the MLS as a reference, but it's not the end all be all. So that's what I focus on. That's where I get my deals. I go directly to the seller to ensure that I'm going to get the best deal for me. Sure. I guess my question was more specifically about the cycle, right? So besides the MLS, is there any other tools that you're using to see if the, the market is going down and if the curve, if that's what's happening right now? Do you have any other, you know, metrics that you use besides the, the sale? I, I do. And it's more on rentals. I am a buy and hold investor. And I strictly look at rentals in a particular zip code that I'm renting towards the bed and bath count and the square footage. So because I buy and hold, I just want to make sure that whatever it is that I buy, I'm going to be able to at least collect that amount of rent to be able to make the mortgage payment if I have to. So my other tool would be a rental matrix. What does that entail, like a rental matrix? Like a rental meter. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, basically anything that will allow me to do a survey on what a three-bedroom, two-bath house for 1,200 square feet is going in that area. Gotcha. Well, and you said something really powerful, Mercedes, like the, the idea of creative financing. You know, we, we've polled our members and asked them, what do they want to learn most about right now? Like right now, because we're putting together, you know, shameless plug, but we're putting together an amazing virtual summit on June the 12th, uh, our first event that we've done for our investor community. So we're really excited about that. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes. But um, that was the top thing. Number one thing that ladies wanted, it, it, it was by far the highest interested topic people want to get something out of because it's like a it's like a perfect storm right you got you got people like there's going to be opportunity everywhere and the banks are like don't really want to deal with you right now we're dealing with small business loans i i we can't deal with your little you know construction loan here or there so these these community banks that we've all all of investors have always gone to right i've gone to we've 15 years of investing i always work with the small community banks they've been our go-to's they're they're a little tough to work with right now. Not, not always. So it's like, how do you, this perfect storm of opportunity and money. Right. And um, so, you know, and I think that's a big one for women putting deals together, getting it done. 
you know, how have you navigated that? How have you been able to, just curious about one of your, you know, previous projects, like how did you creatively put it together? How did you know what the choices were? How did you know where to go there? And how did you make it happen? You know, uh, whether it's a single family or, you know, I'm not sure that that's more of like, so you're buy and hold. So you more single family or is it multifamily or? I do single family. Is okay. my yeah. Uh, gotcha. I have a couple multifamilies, but regardless, whether it's a single family, doesn't matter. I, yeah. I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I have owned apartment buildings. Uh, I, the biggest I've owned was a 40 unit building. I have to say they're not my favorite. Um, what I've come to learn over the years is uh, often the price point of your rent dictates the caliber of your tenant. And I just really don't care to deal with the tenant that doesn't consider their home a home. So got it. Having said that, back to your creative acquisition. Um, how did I start? Well, I started with very little money and very little credit. And so back in the day, I started thinking outside the box when I found a first neighborhood home going for sale. Now, I knew the seller and he was older and he didn't really care how I paid for it. He just wanted a residual income coming in. And all he wanted was $500 a month. And I, like the light bulb went out. So ever since then, I realized, and this was, you know, 15 years ago, okay, an agreement is between a buyer and a seller. So if I give him what he wants and he gives me my terms, then that's a win-win. Who cares what the market is saying? Who cares about anything other than he was getting what he wants and I'm getting what I want. And so I created my entire portfolio 50% of that is creative, was creative financing or has been creative financing. And it's really making a win-win, and that's so cliche-ish, but making a win-win for both of you. I don't want to go to a bank. I want to get as little uh, money in, and I want to get the best interest rate without having to check with the bank. And if it's okay with the seller, then I've got a deal. So I've navigated our entire system based off of what my husband created. Uh, we created uh, a call, it's called a three option letter of intent. And basically it's a letter that we send to the seller that says, here are three offers for you. Your cash offer, which is a lowball offer, and I know they're not gonna take it. And then here are two creative financing offers. One is going to be a large down payment and low monthly payments. Or number three is going to be a very low down payment, but larger monthly payments. And I really try to focus on principal only payments. And so when you send this to a motivated seller, they don't think, oh my gosh, yeah, this isn't a good deal. They're thinking, I've got a deal. Let me pick one of the three. And so they either take the low ball offer or they generally take the big down payment with smaller monthly payments, which is great. And so once you have that agreement, it's set, it's set in stone. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com. Or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? 
With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. So I think that my question to you will be, okay, I am a lady who is uh, listening to, to you right now, and I, I have learned about Hiring a realtor, getting, uh, you know, Freddie Mae uh, conventional loans and going that route. When, when you talk about creative financing, uh, it's just a new world to think about, right? I don't even know what I don't know. So for those ladies that are listening right now, how they can, what are the metrics that they need to think about when they are putting together a proposal? to a homeowner? It's really important to understand the seller. Now, I target motivated sellers. So my sellers need to sell. They need to sell because there was a death in the family, or there's a divorce, or they're completely upside down, they lost their job, they can't do it. So most of my sellers just want out. So it's important to really understand what their motivation is. Why are they selling? Because once you understand their motive, then you're able to offer them what they're looking for. And it may not be exactly what you're looking for, but once you understand that, at least if you don't have the answers, girlfriend, go find the answer, go create the answer. And that's the difference. You have to go create it. And it may not make sense for you, but that doesn't mean that that's not a deal. So hand it to somebody in your RIA group, you know, advertise it on the podcast, put it on eBay. As long as you get that seller what they're looking for and you make it very clear that you may not be the end buyer, you may, you know, uh, assign it to somebody else or you may have your other entity buy it, whatever. Be transparent. But once you collect that information, there's no reason that a deal can't happen. Yeah. And to be able to position it in that way, like we can make this, if they're motivated enough, we're going to make it happen. Right. That's the, that's the biggest piece, right? Finding those motivated buyers and I'm sorry, sellers and just how to, how to find them. And I think, I think the, what's happening in our world is just going to be more of them. And, and they're going to, they're not going to want to be taken advantage of either. Right. Cause we saw that from the last economic, like, you know, shift and people really being mindful of like, oh, I don't even answer those letters anymore, but if you're motivated enough and, and you're being transparent enough, which I love what you're saying, um, that's critical. I mean, you know, versus like a bait and switch or anything like that, which we, you know, we're not fans of, and we're not, you know, ever suggesting people to do. Um, but being transparent, hey, this is the choices. What do you want to do? Let's, let's do something. Because we know, you know, you're going through something hard. It's a win-win. Yeah. When you show a little compassion and it's not just about the deal or the money and you really take the time to call that seller and say, hey, I'm an investor. I, I be very honest and just say, how can I help you? What would make this a good exit for you? Because most of the time, they're not selling because they want to sell, they're selling because they have to sell. Yeah. And that's a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we see that all the time, right? I mean, it's, it, it, they, they want something just as badly as you want something. And I, sometimes we forget that, right? You know, we forget that. Um, the, the biggest mistakes that I made when I started is I was very much about the script. Oh, I had to get everything on the script so I can get all my questions answered. When I let that go, which by the way, ladies, it took me a minute because I was all about, you know, my goal, my mission, financial freedom. Mm. When I let that go and I really started to connect to sellers, which mind you, takes a lot more time than going through the script and getting the answers. But when I started to connect and when I taught my team how to connect, our numbers just started to change because they were now talking to somebody that really cared. 
Now, at the end of the day, let's face it, it's financial freedom in whatever aspect you look at it, but it's also financial freedom for the seller. It is amazing what the seller will do for peace of mind. Yeah. And so if you are the solution and you're humane about it, girlfriend, you got yourself a deal. (laughs) So I'm just curious to see, uh, you know, I think that um, going through a, a shift and an adjustment on the market right now, a lot of the sellers are still will be thinking that they can get the price that they were, would get if the market was on, on, on top. How do you handle that conversation where you are really far apart in terms of numbers? Because I think that that's one of the biggest challenges um, having those, those conversations, because on your numbers, you know, that how much you need to even like break even there. Um, but the seller has an emotional attachment to the, the property, therefore his value or, or, um, how he calculated the, the price is off for you, not for him. So how do you approach that conversation? One of the first questions I ask is, why are you calling me? Because I'm not the real estate agent. I am not, I don't depend on the MLS. And for the most part, they're calling me because what they've been doing hasn't worked. So I always ask, okay, for example, you're trying to sell your property for $100,000 and you've been trying to sell it for three months. Why do you think your property hasn't sold? The reality is that property is probably worth $80,000, but when it's a seller and there's an emotional attraction, they think that that property is worth a million dollars. And to them, it might be, but the property is only worth what the market is willing to pay. Mm. So my first response is, uh, I'm not going to be able to give you that number. I don't want to offend you. However, if for whatever reason, you can't sell it within the next few weeks, there's a pretty good chance I can sell it within a week. And I let it go. And I would say eight times out of 10, they end up calling me back. Because even if you say, you've been trying to sell it for X amount of time, or you have a real estate agent, why don't you check how long the properties are sitting on the market before they sell? And when I tell them to do their own research, most of the time they don't want to or they don't know how and they realize that what I'm telling them is true. I love that. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I looked at your bio, obviously we did research on you and just all your amazing experience. You've done 2000, right? Plus transactions, right? You've been in this business a long time. And even as you're talking to us, you have such a level of confidence, right? And women listening, some women listening are like right there with you, right? They can, they're, they're just as confident and then you got a group of women who are not. They know what to say, they know how to do it, but there's like this, this confidence that holds them back. And in talking to like 100 plus women now on this podcast, we can tell you and all the women in our community, that is something that women struggle with. It is what it is, a lot of women do struggle with this. So I'm curious, like th- those women, and I, and I could be a woman who owns a ton of property, quite honestly. I can own, I can own apartment buildings, I can do this, I could be financially free. And there's still this sometimes lack of confidence. So I'm just curious in your own journey, um, what have you done to just really, it's, I think it's a muscle. I always like to say to people, it's a muscle. It's not like you are or you're not. And just you're in either one, either camp and go be in that camp. Like I believe, I believe all women are internally confident. I just don't know if all women, especially the women who want more for their lives and financial freedom and to do good in this world, right? All of us do know how to access it. So how did you in your journey from no money, no credit, you know, making $30,000 and, and where you are today, it, it, you know, what did you do to cultivate that muscle? What did you like do? What did you think? You know, how did you cultivate that, that skill? What a compliment, Liz. Thank you. Um, ironically, you talk about confidence and I, I'm not always confident. Um, so how did I get here? I made a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes. We swim in a world of men real estate investors. 
you know, just to give you an example, I belong to two mastermind groups for real estate investing. And in one group, there's um, about 100 members and there's only five women. Wow. So I, I, I do struggle with the confidence sometimes, but I will say out of 2000 transactions, I learn something every single time, every single time. And it might be a small little nuance, but it's something that I throw in the bucket of knowledge. And, you know, an expert is someone that has done something over and over and over again. And, you know, once you do something over and over again, you just get comfortable with it. And so girls, I mean, 2000 plus transactions, I'm comfortable with it. I think what the biggest, biggest thing that I've learned throughout my journey, and I learned this from my mortgage industry days, my mortgage banking days, is whatever mistake that you make in real estate, you can fix it. There's a solution. And the worst possible scenario is, oh, I, I lost a ton of money. But guess what? You're in an industry that you can make that ton of money that you lost you can make it back. So a lot of mistakes, trust me. Um, and I learn from them every single time. So I, I just look at every deal as cool. Here's one more rental. And what did I learn from it? So so you, you mentioned you're part of two mastermind groups. Uh, Liz and I are big fan of, of masterminds and we understand the, the, all what came out of it we uh when we started a couple of years ago uh we were looking for a mastermind group for ourselves we couldn't find one so we created one it's been what four or five years yeah yes? yeah very four or five years yeah. uh and the ladies are in different states and it's just us we have this tight group uh, of women that meet once once a month at night, uh, Monday nights, to talk. It's, it's very empowering to see the evolution and the confidence that we get from each other and also the support. Sometimes it's not real estate, it's, it's personal. And we go through that journey all together. So for the ladies that are listening, I think women, <laughs> naturally, we try to... Um, resolve or figure out things on our own and then we get <laughs> we just had over- a conversation about that on jessa this week right, didn't we? right right <laughs> liz was like what the hell are you talking about you had to call to her out <laughs> yeah you're trying to figure out on our on your own and i was like oh oh that's what i'm doing right now so even if you you know if you've been training your mindset you kind of like go to the default in certain areas and if I don't have the support like Liz and other core friends that can call me out and say, hey, wake up, you're trying to figure it out on your own. So for the ladies that are listening, I'm very curious, what have you done to really break the ceiling and create the mindset that is needed to you know, grow your business, but you know, get the confidence that you need and the support that you need to move forward? I've embraced my fears. I have really said, just like you said at the top of the podcast, I'm afraid to fail. But I always go back to what's the worst possible scenario that could happen. And even if I fall flat on my face or I ruin something and it's cost me money, there's a solution. So when you embrace that and and you really like get vulnerable with yourself and really say, holy cow, I'm a woman swimming in this man's world. You got this. And when you're honest about it and you go to, you know, your mentor, by the way, I always have a mentor. I always have somebody that I can ask questions to. And many times when I get to that level or to their level, I then look for the next mentor. So I'm always looking to kind of better myself so that I can grow. And I've come to terms with myself that I don't scare myself with stupid questions. I just ask them if I don't know the answer. 
And nine times out of 10, I get thanks for asking that question and I get help. And when you get help and you find a solution, you grow. And in the position that we're in, ladies, then we can then help ladies because we learn from somebody that possibly has done it already or that fears the same things I fear just on a different level because maybe they've been doing it a little longer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, back, back to the failures, you know, I think so many times, and you probably seen this in the, what, thousand episodes your, your podcast has seen, you know, a lot of people talk about their successes. I mean, it's quite honestly, it's fun and, and it's, it's exciting to talk about the things we do well. But I love that when we were going back and forth in your, your survey you completed to, to prep for this, you said, let's talk about some failures. I mean, what has been a failure that you've experienced that was really tough uh, for whatever reason, you know, tough, however you define tough, and how did you move through it? And, and how, you know, what was your mindset or actions? Like, what did you do to move through it? And, you know, just tell us a little bit about that because I'm sure, I'm sure there's been some along the way. And, you know, how did you move through that? The biggest failure has been that I relied on a single point of failure. So I'll elaborate. Uh, I'm a buy and hold investor. Um, I was living in Los Angeles, California at the time where it's very difficult to cash flow. Mm. So I started investing in the Midwest and in the South. Um, and so I was buying properties below market value, fixing them up, you know, rehabbing them, placing tenants, and then handing them over to an amazing management team that I had. And this happened to me in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. I had 68 properties in Memphis with one property manager. Unfortunately, one day at 5 a.m., 5 a.m. my time, so it was already 7 a.m. in in Tennessee, my property manager had died overnight. And I was left with 68 rentals and no supervision over my rentals. It just so happened on a 27th of the month. So rent was going to be- Oh, Oh, boy. Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, that could have like not been the, yeah, wow. Our property manager was a a small mom and papa shop. It was a a husband and a wife team. And they had a team of about eight people. So it was relatively big, but they were all team members. There was the leasing agent. There was, you know, the maintenance guy. There was, it was a tight knit family, but he was the core. He was the brain of the business. And when he died, I mean, nobody knew what to do. Uh, you know, the wife at the time, she wasn't a wife, she was a girlfriend, but they had created this business together. She shut the door and I was stuck with 68 rentals and it was traumatizing. It was financially, of course, everybody took it. I shouldn't say, of course, tenants took advantage of the fact that nobody was collecting yeah. rent. Yeah. Uh, when this happened, they were still collecting rents, knocking on the door. Uh, you know, the internet, mm-hmm. yeah, it was up and running, but it wasn't Zelle, there wasn't PayPal, there wasn't all the amazing things that were, are happening today. So people were still knocking on doors, collecting rents, and I only collected about maybe 50% of my rents, if that. And it was hard. So I had to scramble. And what I learned from that nightmare that took me about a year to get out of is never depend on one single point of failure. Cost me millions to get out of that but I did it. And what did I do now? And what, do, what has that taught me? In each of my markets, I have not one, not two, not three, but up to four property management teams always on standby. Because what if that one burns down? Or what if he dies? Or what if you know, so-and-so has a different perspective? Whatever. I now diversify that. And that situation taught me you never depend on one single I couldn't agree more, you know, and from my perspective, dealing with contractors, people always ask me like, okay, when do you get a contract, a new contractor? I'm always looking for new contractors, always building relationships because I can't rely on just one person because guess what I did in the past and all my projects got delayed because it was a, a, a a shit show. It really was because, you know, you're like, wait a minute, you're requesting a new payment over here, but I just paid you. No, but that project over there needs money. Wait, hold on. So you're mixing everything over here and then you're like, wait, I am trouble here. (laughs) I am in trouble. But I, 
going back to what you're saying, yesterday I read this, this quote that comes back to exactly what we were talking about. If the lesson keep, keeps coming, it's because you didn't learn. The first time, exactly. <laughs> the first time. So learn it. You know, the first time that my a basement of one of the properties flooded, and I was like, okay, crap. Yeah. Second question is, okay, what is the lesson here? Yeah. What is the lesson here? Because I need to learn this. I need to learn the lesson. You know, right now it's not looking good. Saturday night, not looking good. But what is the lesson here? And if we apply, I believe, in every single aspect of real estate, it doesn't really matter if you're a wholesaler, if you're flipping business, the business of flipping houses, building new construction, or raising money for a syndication. If you apply the same concept, not put all your eggs in one single basket, and when things happen, get the lesson, otherwise you're going to keep happening. Yeah. And throughout, you know, throughout. That's definitely, yeah. You can apply that to every aspect of your business. You know, you never want a single point of failure. And it's taught me like in every aspect. I now have, you know, even with bank accounts, I now have bank accounts with different banks because, you know, what if JP Morgan Chase collapses tomorrow? You know, it's like, you know, whatever it is, always have options and always make it to that where you're not depending on one single point of failure. Yeah. And I think that's really relevant to what we're all going through, right? So if you're, you know, people are talking about, wow, it'd been great if I, you know, have more multiple streams of income or whatever you're experiencing in your world, let that be a lesson, right? The, 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 the power of diversification. Um, you know, we're in different markets and I'm really grateful. We're actually in four different states. And I'm grateful for that because some of the states are doing better than others. <laughs> our, our, our portfolio, some of our portfolio is doing better. So it's, it's all relative, but look at, look at your own kind of, you know, world, so to speak, and say, where might I need to diversify or just get some backup a little more than I had today? So that's a really great lesson. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing that with us. You know, it's uh, always, I always appreciate hearing from successful people and sharing their, what didn't work and then how did I move through it? Cause yeah, I have lots of them to share too. <laughs> Before you find out all the details about our amazing guest from today's episode, we have some very exciting news to share with you. What we, is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? On June the 12th, mark your calendars. We are hosting the Real Estate Invest Her Summit, which will be a virtual one-day conference. Exactly. And during the summit, we're going to talk about real estate, business strategies, and also self-care. Why? Because we deserve it. We <laughs> handpicked every single speaker. And I'm telling you, you cannot miss this event. So click on the link below and save your spot. See you there. Um, Mercedes, you've been amazing. Um, we could probably ask you like 95 million more questions. Um, we want to be respectful of your time and obviously we'll, uh, we'll keep, keep the dialogue going. But where can the ladies listening learn more about you and all the amazing uh, resources sounds like you have uh, up your sleeves. So where, 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 could, where could they learn more about you and what you're up to? So uh, going on to our website, so that's cashflowsavvy.com. That's savvy with two Vs. Um, and you can find out just about our turnkey operation, how that works. But I really am more about education. So Epic Real Estate Education. My husband and I founded that company. I happen to be very lucky to be married to Mr. Matt Terrio the guy who created the epic real estate empire. And he was really the brains of the three option letter of intent that I use every day because every person that I come across gets an offer. And so epicrealestate.com, uh, you can find out uh, how to just navigate with confidence, ladies. Um, and then, you know, reach out to me. I love hearing from lady investors. I do answer every single email mercedes at epicrealestate.com. It may take me a few days to get back to you, but I get back to every single lady. So Awesome. And all this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Mercedes, is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Wow. Think and Grow Rich. I'm sure you heard that, Napoleon. Classic. Yeah, I, uh, I've read that probably five, maybe six times. 
And every time I read it, I get something different from it. Awesome. The second question is, what's the most transformational routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? When I wake up in the morning, I wake up at 5.30 a.m. It's me time for one hour. And that me time can consist of uh, 10 minutes of meditation on the Calm app. It consists of a workout. It can consist of me shopping on Amazon. It can <laughs> consist of anything Mercedes wants to do for one hour a day. And I look forward to it. And the last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? My mother. Yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. I grew up really poor. And I never wanted that for my future. So I created this empire so that I could support my mother and father now. And so that my son will never see the struggle. And so that I can teach women how to create financial freedom for themselves. Woo! <laughs> we're, there, we're, we're there with you. Yeah. We really are there with you. Give you a big virtual hug. Virtual hug. Virtual <laughs> hug. <laughs> um, you know, it's amazing as women, um, you know, we're mothers, we're wives, we're girlfriends, we're partners, and we can contribute so much to the people in our world just by showing them small little lessons. And I never knew that I was poor until I was old enough to analyze it. Um, and when you teach that to your loved ones and to the people in your world, it makes such a difference. Yeah. So thanks, mom. Well, you got a lot to share, Mercedes. We really appreciate you being on our show today and just doing all the great things you're doing. And uh, got, I, think I, I got a lot from today's episode, Absolutely. as I always do. So thank you. And I know the women listening will as well. So thank you for your time so much. Oh, thank you for just promoting girl power. I promise. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Thank you. Be epic. Yes, take care. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.